Hi everyone, welcome to the Sacred Musings podcast with me, Phil Saker. This is episode 29, it is the 31st of March 22, and today we are thinking about whether God is simply a convenient fiction. So welcome to the podcast today. It will be another shorter one. As you can see uh, behind me, if you're on YouTube, um, we've got packing boxes there. My um, study here is mostly packed up. Uh, We're moving a week today as it happens. So um, there'll be no podcast next week. Um, The next podcast will be from our new home. So that's um, something to look forward to for me anyway. So yeah, that means that this podcast will be a little bit shorter than normal. Uh, just like last week, but we can be continuing thinking about worldviews and why worldview is important. And if you missed last week's episode, I know it was only a shorter one, but I think it was quite an important one, just thinking about what a worldview is and why it matters. This this kind of stuff is, is really significant. Um, before we get into that, um, I normally just do um, one or two links and things. There's just one thing I was going to mention today. If you didn't see it, I put it on Twitter. Um, But there was an interesting thread by someone called Aaron Karaiti, MD, who talked about asymptomatic transmission. Now, I did a video about asymptomatic transmission uh, last year, which you may have seen. But this is basically saying that asymptomatic transmission is... uh, it's not just a medical thing, obviously. It, the problem with asymptomatic transmission is not just that, you know, there's been no, you know, no respiratory virus ever has reproduced via asymptomatic transmission, that kind of thing. Um, reproduced? I don't mean that. Do, do I spread? You know, that kind of thing. Um, but, uh, but actually, it's more than that. It's the it's the mindset change. It's seeing everyone else as a threat to a potential threat to you and you as a potential potential threat to other people that's a real mindset change which has happened and that's been since um, covid and that's something which uh, it's not going to be easy to row back from and i think that came over very clearly but he, he looks at some of the evidence and he looks at some of the, the you know the mindset changes that go into it so uh, it's well worth having a look at that if you haven't seen that already and i'll put the link down in the description below. So tonight we are looking, tonight or whenever you're listening, um, I'm recording this in the evening, um, we are we are looking at whether it's possible uh, for God just simply to be a convenient fiction. Now why do I say that? What's the thinking behind that? I'm really thinking of people like Douglas Murray who I believe uh, described himself, I mean I don't want to put words in his mouth but I think he described himself as a Christian atheist that is that he doesn't believe in God but he knows that his his values and you know the 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 life that he lives western civilization is based on Christianity so although he doesn't believe in God anymore he his values come from Christianity now that's something I think quite a number of people are beginning to to hold and I think some of the people who watch or listen to this podcast might have similar views which is that and I'm interested in Christianity but I don't actually believe in God or you know perhaps I'm just just thinking about that I know that that's that's quite a number of people right at the moment who you know have never historically believed in God but are beginning to think about things 
Um, I think people like Tom Holland as well, perhaps. I, I think Tom Holland would describe himself more as an agnostic, but the, the historian Tom Holland, who wrote Dominion, um, he is, sees how important Christianity is, but I, I don't think he believes in God. I think he's more of an agnostic on that. And and there are a number of thinkers who would say that, you know, we are Christian in in our sort of worldview, in our values and in the way that we think about society and about the world. But we don't actually believe in God. So this is the question that I'm looking at. Can you have the benefits of a Christian worldview without actually believing in God? Um, now, the problem that it comes down to is one of authority. So I think there are a number of problems. If you want to to believe in, you know, to, to have the Christian values, to have the sort of Christian civilization without actually believing in God, then I think you run into a number of problems, of course. And um, one of them is logical consistency. So if you say, you know, I believe that Christianity is not, you know, I don't believe in the Christian God, but I do believe it has it has value for civilization, and I do believe that it is, um, you know, that the best way of ordering and organizing a civilization. I think that's that's probably what people like Douglas Murray or Tom Holland would say, which is, you know, we don't we don't believe in God per se, but we do recognize that it's the best civilization that's kind of emerged. This kind of Western liberal democracy springs from actually Christian roots. Um, but is that logically consistent? You know, if you think, where did the universe come from to begin with? You know, and, and if, if you think that that's a question which has simply been answered by science, then you have to ask the question, well, you know, why is there something rather than nothing? And, you know, I, I think it doesn't, it doesn't get you out of awkward questions by saying, by saying that. And you also have to ask, why is it that something which is, seems to be untrue, so, you know, think about the things which Jesus said, think about the things which, which Jesus did, you know, he claimed to be God. Why is it that something which is seemingly a fiction, if you believe it's a fiction, actually ends up working? You know, because that's that's the question that you have to answer. And there are many other questions, and these are all kind of questions about apologetics and uh, Christianity. And that's something which we can look into another time. Um, and they're really important questions. Um, for example, why is it that the disciples turned into, you know, 11 fearful men who ended up actually going out and evangelizing the world? You know, how on earth did, did that happen? That's a really important question which we've got to answer. But anyway, let's let's leave those questions to one side. I think the root problem when it comes to a Christian worldview without God is that of authority. Uh, in terms of if you want to have a Christian civilization, if you want, you know, all of the benefits of Christianity when it comes to your your country, your civilization, your society. The problem is authority. So here's the thing. I think people like um, Douglas Murray, people like Tom Holland and so on, I'm sure lots of other people would say that Western civilization, Christendom, can be defended not on the basis of its religious um, values, 
but on its effects. You know, are people happy? Are people more free? Are we more productive? Are we richer? And so on. And by comparing different alternatives, they would say that Western civilization sort of comes out on top. And therefore, whether Christianity, there is a Christian God or not, it doesn't really matter because that's clearly the best way to run a society. That's the argument that I think they would make. The problem is, what happens if someone disagrees with you? The first, the first thing that someone might disagree is saying, well, is, um, is reason the right way to go about answering that question? You know, they, they might say, well, actually, um, if they're um, Muslim, for example, they might say, well, it doesn't matter what reason says, because Allah says this is the correct way to order a civilization. And I know we've looked at this on the podcast before, that clash of values that does secularism actually have enough to defend itself against Islam, uh, particularly against you know radical Islam, which says, no, we want the whole world to be um, under Sharia law. Uh, does secularism have enough in the tank to actually come back against that? And if you've got someone saying, you know, this kind of religious dogma versus our own values, then, you know, they, their reasoning is actually there's a higher authority than reason. You know, they say, well, yes, your your Western civilization may have achieved good things, but our values come from God. And so they're always going to be better in the long run. That's what God wants us to do. You know, don't look at the don't look at the effects. But actually, you know, we want we want Sharia law. Now, that's the problem that when uh, when you don't have a higher authority than simply reason, then if someone reasons differently, there's no comeback. Or if someone doesn't play by the same rules. Take another example and let's take a secular religion, that of, say, um, critical theory. You know, for example, critical race theory and this the wokeness. You know, I think wokeness is a new secular religion. And you think about that and, you know, so much of the time, I think this, it's not based on facts, reason and evidence. It's just based on dogma. The dogma that all, for example, all white people are racist and just oppressors. Now, that's not, that's patently untrue. You know, that every race through history has had slaves and has oppressed others and, and so on. And you think, actually, as the point is, you know, which one abolished slavery? It was the Christian civilization that abolished slavery. Um, but actually, you know, when you're dealing with dogma, what comeback do you have? You know, you can't reason someone out of it. You need a higher authority. I think reason can get you a certain way with some people. But when someone is dogmatically ideologically committed to a certain position you need a higher authority and this is the the big point here and this is the thing with worldviews everyone needs an absolute everyone needs an absolute to be able to determine truth from falsehood now in the case of christianity that absolute is god 
And Christians can say, well, I believe God has given us uh, the Bible, the Ten Commandments and the Gospels. And we see through Jesus and so on how we're meant to live and all of these things, you know, thinking about the everyone made in the image of God. Such an important idea. All of those things. There is an absolute and we can always go back to that. We can always go back to what's been revealed. And I think much of the progress, in fact, probably all of the progress in Western civilization over the last 2000 years has just been understanding the implications of the, the very simple truth that everyone is made in God's image. I think that has been the root of so many of the, the good things that we now take for granted has been realizing the implications that we are made in all made in the image of God democracy for example uh, equality um, equal rights all of those things now if you take away the concept or the, the um, not the concept but the reality of the Christian God you're just left with a set of values which may or may not be superior uh, in your eyes they may be superior to other sets of values but someone else might come along and say, no, actually, I have I have a different way of looking at it. And if they say that, then you've got nothing to fall back on because you've only got your own personal opinion and everything depend, you know, um, descends into subjectivity. And that is really what I wanted to say, that if you take away any absolutes, then you are left with nothing more than your own opinion. You might think that your opinion is convincing and better than other people's. You may, but if you can't convince them, then there's nothing that you can do. If you can't reason someone out of it, there's nothing that you can do. At the end of the day, worldview is a, a sort of distinctly religious thing that we all need to start from somewhere. And those who are who are starting from the position of, well, let's reason our way, let's think about it, are making reason into an ultimate value, into an absolute. Those who would use rationality to determine things are, are making that into an absolute. Um, so, yeah, this is, this is why worldviews need a core, need something to start with. And my argument here is that we need to start with God. That's why I'm doing this as the first one in this sort of series on worldviews, because we need to start with the fact that God exists. Because if God does exist, everything else flows from that. If God exists, then that, that makes all the difference in the world. Because it means that we're not left in this sea of subjectivity. We are left with something concrete and actually you know we can come to the truth we can determine what's right and wrong and we can evaluate different worldviews against the truth and so we can say for example uh, well with islam okay well let's look um, at the truth of of islam let's look at the core tenets let's look at what it teaches about loving your neighbor for example and let's look at the example of muhammad and compare that with the example of jesus or you can talk to people, um, to, to woke, the woke people and say, well, you know, let's examine that and, and let's look into it and let's see how it matches up against what we know about the world as God made it. 
But in each case, there is a, an absolute to compare it to. And if you take away the absolute, you lose any ability to actually really uh, compare between competing worldviews in any, in any kind of objective sense. You can only compare according to your own opinion. Think about it like this, that um, a tree grows up from, from you know, a little seed and it, it sends out uh, shoots upwards. So you see you know, um, a large part of the tree above ground, but underneath that tree, below the surface, there are roots. There are many roots. Um, you know, in the storm a few weeks ago, some of the trees around here blew over. And you could see, you know, that as the tree went over, it, it took the roots up. And you could see just how extensive the root system actually were. Now, think about that. The, the Christian society that we inhabit, the liberal democracy, the freedom and liberty, the all of those things um, that we enjoy and that we see are, are beneficial, which are being eroded. All of those things come from that Christian worldview. Underneath the surface is a belief in God, is a belief in the absolute that God has made the world in a certain way. What's happened is that the roots have been cut off, that a belief in God, it, that people don't think that God is relevant anymore. I think a lot of people think that God is just an irrelevance to everyday life, if he even exists at all. And what we're seeing now is the fruit disappearing. So what we need to get back to, and this is where I would disagree with people like um, Douglas Murray and, and so on, is that we don't need to, to return to a Christian uh, values you know, we don't need to return, you know, to kind of Christian values just in and of themselves. We need to return to genuine Christianity. We need a return to actually believing in God, because that is the foundation stone for everything else. That if that is is not in place, then everything else will crumble. And so that's why when we look at worldviews, we need to think, where are the absolutes here? What do I base this on? And why it's so important, I would say, to start with, you know, I believe in God. And when we do that, then everything else will follow. Now, this is what we're going to do over the next few weeks. What I want to do is build up a Christian worldview. And I want to say you know, this is how you start from scratch by, by building a Christian worldview. And the number one thing that we do is start by saying God exists and he is there. As we looked at, I think a couple of weeks ago, Francis Schaeffer, you know, he is there and he is not silent. That's the, the number one absolute thing that we need to do. We need to believe that God is there. So I hope that helps to explain why worldviews are important, why I believe that, you know, we need to, to look into worldviews. And as a first step in thinking about the Christian worldview, why I believe we need to not simply return to Christian values, but actually believe in God. That's the first step of, uh, of the Christian worldview. Okay, well, let's have a, 
reflection from the Bible before we finish. Um, so the reflection today, I thought, could be from Luke's Gospel, Luke chapter 8, verses 22 to 25. And this is Jesus calming the storm, which is quite a, a well-known passage. Um, but I, I've been reading through Luke over the last few weeks um, and yeah, this is this was a passage which sort of struck me perhaps in a in a new way. So let me read it out for you, and then I'll share one or two brief uh, thoughts about it. One day, Jesus said to his disciples, "Let us go over to the other side of the lake." So they got into a boat and set out. As they sailed, he fell asleep. A squall came down on the lake, so that the boat was being swamped, and they were in great danger. The disciples went and woke him, saying, Master, Master, we're going to drown. He got up and rebuked the wind and the raging waters. The storm subsided and all was calm. Where is your faith? he asked his disciples. In fear and amazement they asked one another, Who is this? He commands even the winds and the water, and they obey him. Okay, this is a well-known passage, Jesus calming the storm. But, um, yeah, it, it hit me in a new way as I was looking at it the other day. That, the, imagine yourself in the position of the disciples. You know, they were on, they go on the boat, they go to, to go over to the other side of the lake, and a squall comes up, and apparently the Lake Galilee was known for this, that a squall, you know, the, the weather could turn very quickly and turn into a real storm. And they were, some of them were hardened fishermen and they really knew their way around boats and they wouldn't have been scared by just a little, you know, bit of turbulent, turbulence, but, you know, a few waves or something. They were really worried. And it says they were in great danger. And they wake up Jesus. I like that he's sleeping. He must have been very tired. And um, they say, Master, Master, we're going to drown. And Jesus just simply rebukes the wind and the waves and then he says where is your faith now i was thinking about this and thinking now why does jesus say where's your faith did jesus expect them to to know that he could do that did jesus expect them to come to him uh, it struck me that, you know, that, that Jesus was saying to them, look, you don't trust me to be able to deal with these storms, with these things. That, yes, you know, you're going through, you think you're going to drown, but you know, the right thing to do is to come to me first and actually, you know, trust that I can sort it out. And it struck me as I was reading this, that it's so often, uh, it's that faith, isn't it? You know, that, that's so important that when we look around at all of the turbulence in the world, it really seems like the world is topsy-turvy at the moment. And I, I know perhaps, you know, you're worried about the energy crisis and about maybe food shortages and about the cost of living and about everything. And I just imagine Jesus saying to me, where is your faith? You know, it's it's so easy, isn't it, to in all of this, to be worried, to be anxious, 
to be, um, you know, just to think things are going to get worse and worse, to think, you know, we're going to be forgotten and, oh, I don't know, just to imagine the worst all the time. But Jesus says, where is your faith? And that was a powerful reminder and uh, I guess a, re- a rebuke to me, you know, a little slap on the wrists saying, actually, you know, to me, Phil, and, and I hope to you as well. Now, where's your faith? You know, we need to trust in God. We need to trust in Jesus to be able to handle all of the, the problems of the world. And yes, we need to worry. We need to we need to um, be concerned about what's happening. But as it says, I think in um, I think this is Psalm 37, you know, do not fret. It leads only to evil. We mustn't be anxious. We mustn't fret because that doesn't lead to a good place. But instead, we need to trust. Now, where is your faith? We need to trust that God has this in hand and we need to take it to him and let him deal with it and let him uh, provide for us as well. As Jesus says, seek first the kingdom of God and all of these things will be added unto you. All of the things uh, that we need, which God knows that we need before we ask him. That's a wonderful comfort, isn't it? Let me read you, um, just as we close, the uh, Heidelberg Catechism, part one, because I think uh, this is wonderful. Um, I I did um, a series on my other channel, Understand the Bible, on the Heidelberg uh, Catechism. It's basically, a, a catechism is just a way of learning the Christian faith through a series of questions and answers. And sadly, it's fallen a bit out of favour in the church today. But um, the Heidelberg was written in the 1500s, sort of in, in the part of the Reformation. And um, the first question and answer is wonderful. It's famous. And I think it's worth reflecting um, deeply on these truths as we go into this, this coming week. So this is what it says. Question. What is your only comfort in life and death? Answer. That I am not my own, but belong with body and soul, both in life and in death, to my faithful Saviour, Jesus Christ. He has fully paid for all my sins with his precious blood and has set me free from all the power of the devil. He also preserves me in such a way that without the will of my heavenly Father, not a hair can fall from my head. Indeed, all things must work together for my salvation. Therefore, by his Holy Spirit, he also assures me of eternal life and makes me heartily willing and ready from now on to live for him. What a wonderful comfort. And that's an amazing thing, isn't it? That uh, you just go through and look at that. And there's so much to think about and dwell on there. And I hope that's some some um, food for thought for you for this coming week and encouragement for you for this coming week. Jesus can calm the storm. He can, he can look after us. He's big enough and he's strong enough. So let's take a moment to, uh, to pray as we close this, uh, this podcast. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you that uh, you are the one on which all uh, truth is built. We thank you that you exist and that we can come to you. And we pray, Heavenly Father, that you would help us to know what that means um, for the way that we think about the world. And uh, we pray that you would help us, as we've been thinking about with Jesus calming the storm, to trust in you, to trust in him as the one who can take care of us 
and sort out all that is wrong with the world. We are sorry for our lack of faith and pray that you would help us to trust you. I pray today for your blessing on all of those who are watching and listening and I pray that you would help each one of us to to grow and to shine um, in the ways that you want us to in this coming week. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you so much everyone for joining me today for this shorter podcast and I hope that things will be settled again so in a couple of weeks time I'll be back. It'll be just before Easter then so I might do something sort of Easter themed Um, but there we go and um, yeah don't forget if you're on YouTube, you're listening on YouTube to like, subscribe, if you're listening on the podcast then if you can um, do consider leaving a rating and even a review as that will help other people to find Sacred Musings podcast. And if you'd like to express your appreciation in a financial way, there's a link to buy me a coffee as well. And um, the link to that will be down below. And um, I'm sort of freelance, so I really do appreciate all of these things. So thanks so much, everyone. And um, I wish you well. And I will see you, God willing, in a couple of weeks. Um, Update on the Telegram channel um, if it will be longer than that or, or, or what have you. So, yeah, God bless. See you soon and uh, take care.